everyone. Robbie here and welcome back to the Coach's Journey podcast. This is episode number 41 and in this episode it is my absolute pleasure to welcome back to the show Robert Stevenson. Some people will remember Robert from uh, his appearance way back in episode 27 in the middle of 2021 Um, and if you want to hear Robert's story from the start from when he was a performer and the discovered training and coaching go and check out that episode but you don't need to have listened to that episode to get a lot from this one. So In this episode, Robert talks about how he no longer carries trinkets in his pockets. His need to wear the crystals that represented his spirituality seems to have lessened. And this, he says, uh, towards the start of what is a really fascinating conversation, is because he has come to embody the meaning of those items in his very being. So this has characterised a really important period in Robert's life in which he's departed from his role as director of Animus, Centre for Coaching, one of the biggest coach training organisations in in the world, as I understand it, and launched his own coaching business, Fan the Flames. Um, Robert describes how leaving that um, and and all the things that have happened to him since his last appearance on the show have enabled him to really step into new things. Back then, Animus provided a framework or the scaffold, the same as the, the trinkets, the, the crystals he used to wear. Um, so what happened when the scaffolding was no longer present. Um, we talk about what's happened for Robert, what's changed for him in depth, with trying to get into the lessons about how to manage change, how to leave behind an organisation which has lots of your identity wrapped in it, and how to grasp opportunities that arrive uh, and arise when circumstances change. Um We get into how he's made decisions led by intuition, how he's discovered things through play or been inspired by dreams as he took ownership um of his future and embracing nowness. Uh, so we talk about recognizing change in ourselves, what the stabilizers are in our lives and can we take them off? We talk about embracing endings and managing change, listening to our bodies and accessing our deeper knowledge um, and how to move beautiful story at the end uh, of the sh- of the show about how to move from loss to legacy. Um Robert talks really beautifully about the courage it takes to remove the masks we wear in our lives, in our careers, and the new ways that people relate to us when we show up as ourselves. So I hope this episode can be an inspiration for people who are on the edge of making a big change um, or no one's coming um, to see really how just how much can become possible when we leave behind something, even if it feels like that, that something is a big part of our lives. Um, before we get onto the show, it now is a great time to join the Coach's Journey community. So for those of you who don't know about it, it's a way to support this podcast. It's also a way for me to be your coach. Um, I designed it to be a really flexible, affordable way to work with me. Um, I designed it to group coaching program designed to support coaches to create thriving businesses and thrive as people while they do it. You get to be coached by me. Um, you can pay as little as £10 a month, all the way up to £100 a month and, and get various different things um, as part of that, including lots of group coaching calls um, and some one-on-one coaching with me. Um, it's also a chance to be connected to other coaches um, in really beautiful ways. And we had a f- first in-person meeting of the Coaches Journey community in August, and it was really wonderful to see those people um, who have connected in so many ways, in different ways, online, but many never in, never face-to-face, partly because they're separated by oceans, um, begin to speak to each other and spend time together in person. Um, and the reason it's now is a good time to join is because you can join at the £10 level now. Join the September call, which is on the 13th of September, 5pm till 7pm. And if you don't like it after that, if it's not for you, um, you can just cancel your membership. Um, no questions asked. That's one of the things I wanted to experiment with with this programme, and I've loved how it's worked over the last couple of years just over that now I think and um, so I would love to see you there 
um, at the Coach's Journey community call on the uh, 13th of September. Um, you can find loads more about that at thecoachesjourney.com slash community. Um, and if you've got any questions, of course, be in touch about that. Um, and, and yeah, maybe we, we can support you in some way to, to create change in your life or your coaching business. And, and those calls are always jam-packed with, with uh, insight, um, as much from the, what people bring as, as from me, more so in fact. Um, and, and group coaching for coaches is a really wonderful way to learn a lot in a short space of time. So would love to see you there. But before that, we're going to get onto this conversation with Robert. And, you know, it, he talks so honestly about the, the, the period of transition he's in, about leaving Animus, about what happened and about, about uh, where his life has gone since then. I just think it's an amazing resource to have. We were, I was really lucky. I'm really glad that we spoke to him just before all this happened so that we got a real picture of him at the end of that phase of his life and that we got to speak to him now right in the middle of this new phase of his professional life. Uh, happening. So I hope you get loads out of this conversation for that. Um, uh, and yeah, um, and there'll be some more. Uh, the, in the works are some more returning guests for, for a second chapter because people's lives don't stop. Their coaching journeys don't stop when they speak to me, as I say to Robert early on in this conversation. Um, so do look after the, out for that. But in the meantime, I hope this conversation um, really helps you to do what Robert says at the end of 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 this um, episode in a real call to arms, which is to live in the joy of life. So um, without any further ado, here is The Coach's Journey, episode number 41 with Robert Stevenson. Robert Stevenson, welcome back to The Coach's Journey podcast. Hey, Robbie. It's, it's, It's great to be here. It's great to return as well. I love the returning. Yeah, well, it's so funny that, you know, because we've we've we scheduled this in a few weeks ago and I've been thinking a lot about continuing journeys. And probably in the listeners will find in the next few months a couple more um conversations with people have been on the show before because th- these things, you know, they we, well, our, your life didn't stop when we <laughs> when we finished <laughs> recording the last show. And and those journeys that people make and the decisions they make in the continuing phase of their journey, I just think are really interesting. But I loved that, that you just said the return there because I listened back this morning to our last conversation because it was we recorded it probably what like 15 16 months ago from where it wow. is now it came out about a year ago um, okay. and as we're recording so it came out July 2021 but we, I think we recorded it in late spring and there were so many things that I felt like in a way were like real echoes of what we might talk about today but I didn't necessarily think about the hero's journey Right, which we spent, I don't know if you remember, we spent quite a bit of time talking about last time because we both love that, that idea from Joseph Campbell. And if people want to listen, they can go back or they can Google it and there's lots of lots and lots of Hero's Journey content. But I hadn't even thought that there's a little bit of like, okay, like manufacturing in some ways, but a little bit of Hero's Journey. It's like, okay, some stuff happened after we last spoke and we're going to get mm. into that now. Some things have changed for you. Quite a lot has changed mm. professionally, at least from the outside, it looks like. Um, and yet here we are back again. And that wonderful thing about returning to somewhere you've been or were before and sometimes the things that, you know, shows us, I guess. Yeah. And and also that, you know, returning and being different, you know, the, mm. one of the things I love about Campbell's work is this idea that we return to the same place, but we are different. And sometimes the place is different too. And there is a recognition that there is difference. Um, and a real sitting with, you know, I'm not what I was when I left this space last time. Yeah. I, I gotta say also there's a funny thing that happened. I thought about earlier this year, I did a talk for um 
this is, is this too long a story to tell? No, I think it's all right. I, I, I thought I'd had this great insight. And if it's the punchline of this is going to be, I think it was your insight from our last conversation, or it was both of our insights <laughs> or something. Basically, I did this really weird job when I was t- 21, which is I got elected to be the co-president of UCL Students Union. I don't know if you've ever come across that thing. And some people listening will be like, this is what it's like. Some people listening will be like, I did that, maybe. And it's like, and no one understands. And basically, I was giving a talk to the people who are doing it now. So you get elected. And then for a year, you're not only an elected student representative, but you're the director of the students' union. And in UCL's case, when I was doing it, like, it's much bigger now. Like, it had a turnover of about 2 million quid and, like, 300 staff. So I was suddenly you know, a, a director with these other people of this massive company. And what I was saying to the the people who are leaving it now, and it's grown even more since then, was it's a bit like Narnia. Um, like you go into this thing, have this crazy thing happen. Um, you, um, you know, the bit I remember of those stories, but a long time since I've listened or watched, is that, you know, those, those kids go into Narnia and then they live till they're adults, maybe even mm. old people in Narnia, and then they come out and no one will ever understand. They have to go back to being the same yeah. age, like eight, 10, yeah. whatever it is. And of course that's the hero's journey story. And I thought, so I thought that is really true for sabbatical officers. And then I started telling people, this is the bit that we talked about last time, like that, and of course that's the same with every learning experience, that, that there's a way in which we step out of it. And, but you're right, like, it's also true of this, like you're a different person as you step mm. back into it, back into here. And um, yeah, it's really nice, a really nice frame for this conversation, I think. Mm. Maybe yeah. like, I don't know if you slow down into that because we can talk about the practical things that have happened to you. And we talked a lot last time. It's really interesting about decision-making and letting things go and all that kind of thing. But for you as a human, what do you think is different about you now compared to 14, 15, 16 months ago? So I think one of the really interesting things that's different and the same. So this is where it, it get, becomes beautifully complex, I guess, or paradoxical, is that I've always been a bit spiritual. That's always been an element that's hung with me. I've always been a bit of a Buddhist, a bit of a meditator. Just for anyone who's, who's uh, got this on audio only, Robert did a lot of air quotes around <laughs> spiritual, meditator, Buddhist. It's great. I love it. A bit of a Buddhist, a bit spiritual, a bit of a meditator, yeah. And there were aspects of my work as a coach, but as also as a trainer, that allowed some of those elements to exist. Um, but I would never say to people, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really into this idea of 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 spirit and becoming and returning." Um, I wouldn't necessarily say to people, you know, people knew that I had crystals. I would often wear a crystal bracelet and. Uh, had my uh, Buddhist meditation beads, especially in the training room, and they would say, oh, are you Buddhist? I go, oh, no, I just like them. Um, but what happened was one of the things that, that really happened for me was when I stopped working at Animus and I was no longer the representative of a company that had its own rules, its own brand, its own way of being, that that part of me just kind of turned up. And it was really interesting to go, to go, well, do you know what? I have a real sense about intuition. I have a real sense about listening to the little echoes and the whispers that we don't necessarily know where they're coming from, that they might be 
leading us somewhere to capture that thought that you have in the middle of the night because actually that's a really good post so a lot of my posts now are early morning captures they're middle of the night captures they're walking down the street going wait that would be something interesting quick grab a voice note right now write that down whereas in the past we would spend I was going to say months, not physically months, but ages going, right, what's exactly the right words for this post that goes out into the public? Now I'm like, write it, post it. And then friends and will say, oh, you spelt this word wrong uh, or that that phrasing's not quite right. And sometimes I'll change it and other times I'll go, no, that that's it. That's how it arrived. So that's what I'm going to put out there. And so now there is this, much more energy spiritual based way of working now some will say maybe i'm just showing up in the now and just really embracing my nowness because i no longer have to think about three months six month five year ten year projections i'm just thinking about well, what am i doing today who am i talking to who am i coaching what am i training you know i got to do a little bit of forward thinking but actually I'm able to navigate that in a different way so I can show up to it in a different way. And then part of what shifted with this is that I used to wear a lot of crystals and carry them in my pockets and stuff like that. And now I don't. And so it's like, as I've embraced that side of me more, my need to have trinkets that either demonstrate it or connect me to it has become less. So this is just really interesting mix of, well, you've become more spiritual, but those, those tokens of spirituality are no longer necessarily used or needed. Yeah. I, I, I want to stay with this because I've just got this re- yeah. like thinking of capturing. There's this really strong feeling that there's something important here. And I don't know if we can do this, but I wonder, it feels like it'll, it feels to me like it's something that it's probably more broadly applicable. So something like there might be a broader human pattern, perhaps a pattern of growth, but like, I'm, um, I don't know if this is right. So this is one of those times to just see if it lands where there's a point through a, through a shift in ourselves where we need or want or uh, benefit from some remind reminders isn't quite right it's like some things that connect us and then at some point something's happened for you where you don't need them anymore yeah what's what's coming up for you so i don't know if this is a conversation that you and i had or whether this is somewhere else but it's like the scaffolding Mm. so the scaffolding on a building is it holds doesn't necessarily hold it in place but it, it holds it so people can work on it and create it and at some point it no longer needs that and that falls away similar to when you work with a a, a client or a group you are sometimes a scaffolding for them to go through their journey. And at some yeah. point they don't need you and they can let you go. They don't need, it's a, it's a bit like those bracelets we sometimes wear that have a word on it and we ping when we want to remember it. At some point we no longer need that. We we become that. So the tokens are no longer necessary 
uh, you know, well, I, I, I've got this whole thing about alchemy and alchemists in my system at the moment. So there's this thing about, you know, sometimes we need the magic wand to cast the spell. And other times we are the wand, we cast the spell. Yeah, lovely. And, and, like, I, and I think there is, when we go broader, I think there is something for people to go, what are the things that I am using to lean against to hold me up that I don't actually need? I can take off those stabilizers and I can actually ride free wheel without them. I haven't taken them off to notice that yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like there's those two. There's the, the other. I'll come back to that in a sec. The other side of it would be, like, just to, I, I love hearing this and the way we're talking about it because it's just that reminder that we can be humble enough to know that sometimes we need the scaffold as well, right? That's why we all, most of us, hire coaches sometimes, right? Yeah. Or all the time. Yeah. You know, it's like you want some of that scaffold through the change, but, but I guess you know when you talk about maybe realizing that we don't need the tokens or the scaffold anymore, and I I get that like ones that we. Sometimes we've held on to them longer than we need them. In what you said there is the implication that when you no longer need the scaffold or the tokens, when you let go of them, something more is possible. And, mm. I, and I'm curious for you, as you've noticed that you've let go of these tokens, or maybe it was the the scaffold of animus in some ways, but, but what mm. has become possible for you in that shift as you've realized you don't need that anymore and you're not using it? So. One of the things that that became possible uh, leaving Animus, which I, I, I had no realization around until it happened, was um, so I, I'll give a little bit of a backstory. So, so part so when I left, I, I decided that I had three months, a month of just hanging out with people, a month thinking about what I was going to do next and then a month of making it happen. And my savings allowed that. So I was like, I don't need to panic, but in three months, I need to be doing something. <laughs> but let's just take a month out. And so in that first month, I went, I'm just going to see everybody. I'm just going to hang out with people. I'm just going to, who have I not seen? Because I've been in this position and I haven't had the space or the capacity to go, let's just hang out. So I reached out to a lot of people, I shared with people that I was no longer in that space and I was uh, heading into a new space and I didn't know what that space was. And in meeting people and hanging out with people, I met somebody and they said to me, um, ah, w will you coach me? And I was like, oh, I've known you for a, a, a while. I'm curious as to you know, what is it that's ready right now for this and they said your separation and they were like now that you're not part of that all of that energy that existed with you being part of that no longer exists so now i just get you and i said like, okay and they're like and whilst i want you to coach me i also want you to mentor me i want you to advise me and challenge me and consult with me i want all of you you know, it's called a coaching contract. Yeah, but I want all of you in that. And I also had somebody else approach me and say, hey, can we do some work together? And I was like, yeah, sure. 
I've known you for a long time. Like, yeah, but that before there would have been a competition, a, a, um, can't think of the word now, but a conflict of interest, that's the word. Whereas now there isn't that. And now I feel that I can really share with you and not have it ripple around a system. Not that the system is wrong or bad, but I, I, I don't want it in a system. I want it here. And so I found that there were approaches that were made that were really about working with the individual and not the organizational self that I had no idea would have that 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 were even being blocked. So I didn't know they didn't exist. I didn't know they were being blocked until I stepped away. And all of a sudden it's like, oh wow, there's this richness of offer. And and in that richness of offer, um I'd always, you know, I, I recognize so one of my values is connection. And I recognize that people that work with me will know that I want to connect and understand who you are and what's this about for you? What does this mean for you? And how do we stay connected? And so, you know, uh, students or coaches in training would, in the past, would have said, oh, can I have 10 minutes, half an hour of your time? And I'd have gone, yeah, cool. And others around me were going, you're this in the hierarchy. You shouldn't be giving them your time because that should be somewhere else and all of that stuff. It's like, they're human beings. I'm interconnecting. They want to connect. Let's connect. And when I moved on from Animus, I had a range of people saying, I do this thing that might help you to think about where you're going. You gave me 10 minutes. You spoke to me at that lunch break. You don't know me, but you said this thing that really resonated with me. So various profiles, uh, psychometric profiling stuff, strength finders were just given to me. And there was this abundance of how do we support you after you supported us? That by moving away from something, created the space for them to give that back. And, and, and that's something that I hadn't been aware of, has, has been so emotional for me in, in, a, in a great way, in a kind of a, oh my God, there are amazing human beings out there. And we don't see them. We don't necessarily notice them all the time. But that little bit of attention that you give to somebody without a desire to get something back, just just being willing to give them that attention, creates something beyond what we can know. So it's made me very mindful of that without being manipulative of that. So I still want to connect and talk to people. And I go, ah, oh, I know in the past when I did this, it created that, but I'm not doing it to create something. I'm doing it because it's what I love to do. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird paradoxical thing. I kind of suspect that if you were doing it to try and manipulate it, it wouldn't really work. Like yeah. if you've been doing it all along thinking, do you know what, one day I'm going to be out there working by myself and I'm going to really want some people to pay me back. So I'm going to spend 10 minutes with this person or I'm going to talk to this it person. Wouldn't over lunch. I, I, I don't think it would have no. worked the same way, right? It, it's the, yeah, the, uh, what the purity of that connection or the generosity of it that, that feels to me like what you're saying is true. And I, I, it's really actually, um, a lovely 
thing for me to hear you know remind it makes me think of sometimes I feel like and it's you know I imagine I don't have the organization around me saying that but I have me saying mm. that sometimes I'm like ah this is not the activity that generates me uh income or really creates impact in an obvious way then as compared to these other things should I really be sending these messages to this person on LinkedIn who's just added me and has you know I have some we have an interesting thing it's like but I find you know at the times when it's done in that way I think it yeah that's a nice little reassurance for me and, and you know one of the the things about this is um you know I remember when I trained as an actor and when I was then working with actors in training and I would say to them you never know when you're going to meet these people again. You you know, this person who's a runner today mm-hmm. might be a producer tomorrow. You just don't know. So how you show up has an impact on everything that comes after this. And so how we show up is really important, but how we show up as our, ourselves is important because if we show up with a mask, then people are only relating to that mask or the, the true self behind the mask gets further and further away. The distance is created and the disappointment, the frustration, the angst increases. But when we show up as ourselves and people are meeting that, they're meeting, they're able to then support that and give to that and feed back to that. So they can go, well, you're being a bit of a this today. And you can go, oh, am I? Yeah, yeah. What's that about? Oh, I'm tired. I'm worried. I'm this. I'm thinking about something that's then causing feelings like this. And what do I need to shift in my thinking or whatever that might be? But that that real importance to show up. And what I found was that, you know, because I'm bouncing around here, but I just realized that, you know, I talked about letting go of one set of scaffolding, but recognizing that it sometimes it just shifts into something else. Because now what I have is, I have groups that I'm now part of that I wasn't part of before or that have newly emerged that become my scaffolding for growth as this new business being that I'm becoming. Yeah. Love it, brother. And let's do the, so that we can get into all that stuff. Let's, I think we need to do like one little, at least one little bit of rewinding. So it's like, because I think that, you know, like I said, I listened back to our call from from last April, and I didn't really pick. I wasn't actively thinking about it when I was listening. I was just thinking, what's in here that I've forgotten that would be to to kind of bring in literally or just inside me into this conversation. But thinking about it now, I don't think I picked up the feeling of leaving Animus is coming up for Robert. So, you know, in whatever way feels right, like what happened and how did that come about? I, I think the simplest way to describe it is that the the founder of animus nick bolton uh founder ceo owner was um was away from the business for a while so he was managing the business remotely he was observing the business from a distance yeah we and talked about was... it a bit last time because i'd <laughs> it was a funny thing where i'd like been on the website once when we first booked it and he'd been like retiring or something or and then he was back for the next time i yeah. checked and so we had a bit of a conversation yeah. about that we talked about a little bit about how the the roles were shifting and yeah. we were kind of experimenting with that so i become the center director uh, i guess uh, you could call that a, a managing director for one of a, a hierarchical term and there came a point where 
Nick decided that he wanted to hold the reins of the organizations more, where he wanted to get back into the heartbeat, the day-to-day of the company. And those two roles just didn't meet. And so his desire to come back into the company just went, well, actually, where's the space for me here? And there were various conversations that, led to us no longer working together. And there are things about that 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 are a little what's the word? Maybe disappointing. Because there were there were visions that I had with the organization where I was like, oh we could go here. So it's not disappointment. There was a kind of a you have to let go of something. You have to go, oh that was a thing. We were going to do this. And now that's not happening anymore. You know, it's like a breakup. Mm-hmm. You know, <gasps> we were going to go on that holiday. Yeah, you lose the person, but now... you also lose the plans. You lose the, yeah, yeah, I get, yeah. I get yeah, it. and we're not going to do that anymore. Oh, okay. Now, but what's really interesting with that is it then caused me to ask the question of, so what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, what, what if, if you're no longer part of this organization, and you no longer have the, that support that you had. You know, you know, you have an idea about a course. You you get somebody to go and find a trainer. You tell somebody that it's happening at this date, and they market it. You tell somebody it's happening over here, and they do some social media around it. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, now it's you. Mm-hmm. So what what do you do with that? Um. And so, yeah, so there was, a, there was a kind of a, oh, it's not, disappointment's the wrong word. It's a kind of, a, there was this, oh, yeah. I don't know what the word is for that, but it was just an, oh. Don't, I, think, I think a word wouldn't do it as good justice as your, as the noise. Like anyone yeah. listening will get that noise. Yeah, it was like, oh. And, but what was really interesting about it was that um, <laughs> I knew it was happening before it happened. Mm. Right, so I, I I I I saw the shifts in in the organisation happening, and went, okay, change is coming. I had the most bizarre dream, and you know, people that are into dreams and stuff, you you, you interpret this how you will. My grandparents had passed away. Um, I'm sat in their kitchen in my dream, and my grandmother in the dream is saying to me, "Well, I'll buy you a PlayStation." I'm saying to my grand, I don't have time for a PlayStation. And she's going, no, I'll get you a, I'll get you a PlayStation. Which colour do you want? And my granddad, who was always cleaning the cooker, that's one of my big memories of him, was cleaning the cooker and nodding at me as if to say, yeah, take it. Take this offer of the, of the PlayStation. And I remember waking up from it and going, so there's, there's play in there, being more playful. Okay, but there's also time, time mm-hmm. to do this. What's what's that? And just kind of sitting with it and going, mm, what's what's that? And so when the decision was made, I had no stuff. I had no uh regret. I had no um oh my god, what do you mean this is happening? It was like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Get it now, Gran. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go play. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite. I can't remember quite why I was saying that, but so something so that you know that 
So yeah, so that ended, which just created a space. And like any vacuums, that vacuum is filled. And um, I remember saying to, to my partner, Karen, I remember saying, well, I don't know. I'm probably going to coach. I'll, I'll I'll probably train. I don't know. And she was like, so what about this? Well, I was going, I don't know. I'm going to just see what happens, but I'm just going to spend a month hanging out with my mates. Yeah, playing. Right? Within, sorry? Playing already at that point. Yeah. It's like, yeah. just take, take grandmother's advice. And it sounds like you really did that those three months. Like, I mean, maybe the last month was a bit less play PlayStation and a bit more something else. But like, yeah, yeah it sounds like you really took that. And what happened was within a week, I was being offered work. Yeah. And so did well, you manage to say no to some of that first? Or how did well, that some of it? Some of it, I was like, you know, let's have conversations around it. And some of it, I said, you know, what? I don't I don't want to do that. That doesn't feel right for me. But some of it was great. Like, you know, so I'm, I'm doing a project with a, a company called Intentions, a gentleman called Johan van Bavel. They're based out in the Netherlands. And... Um, I'd met Johan briefly. I spoke at a conference about uh, leadership and diversity within leadership. And he um, reached out to me and said, hey, we we run um, a um, uh, ACTO was the organization and ACTO have these chapters that, that you know, they talk about uh uh, diversity and, and, and ethics and uh, and um, other things that I can't remember right now. But he said, there was this thing came through, said, hey, do you want to join one of our chapters? Do you want to be part of this? And I was like, oh, there's a board about ethics. I'll, I'll lean into that. Johan was running it. When I announced that I was leaving, he was like, hey, why don't you come and play with us? And he said, play. He was like, why don't you come and, we've got this thing happening. Why don't you come and do this. And I went over and we met, we had a great time. There was a, a lady called Dorinda and, and he that were running this, this kind of um, coaching yoga energy mix up. They were, they were trialing this mashup of these, these beautiful things. And I just had this great time with them. And Johan and I, we've just been playing and going, what about this? And what about that? And how about this? And how about that? And and at the end of September, I'm off to the Netherlands for two days to co-deliver some training with him. And it's part of a year-long program. And then we're going to bring that program to the UK. But we've just been playing. And it came from us playing around with that. Um, I got some work with uh, Ivy House London that came from somebody going, you and I, we've met a couple of times, really like you. There's this group that I work with. Do you want me to introduce you to them? And I was like, yeah, cool. Let's do that. So this was Darren Smallridge. And he introduced me to Ivy House. Um, and I met with Claire and um, Claire Mitchell. And so Claire and I are having this conversation. And she's saying to me in the conversation, we just want to catch up because we really like Darren. He says, you're a great guy. Let's meet. We're not looking for anybody right now. And, and part of me is going, well, I'm not, I don't know if I'm looking for anything right now, but this is great because at some point I'm going to need to be doing something. We get chatting. She lives in Cardiff, but she used to live in London. So we do the whole thing of, so where do you live and where did you live? And we realised that the new coffee shop called um, uh, Starfish Loves Coffee 
we both used to go to this coffee shop. <laughs> and I was like, wait, she's like, yeah, I've been there all the time with my kids. And I was like, I've been there all the time because the guy that owns it, he's an actor. So we used to talk about acting and business and all sorts. And I'm like, that's funny. We lived down the road and we never met. And now a year later we're meeting, or years later rather, we're meeting and having this conversation. And I remember halfway through this conversation that was just a let's get to know you and see who you are going, I feel like I'm being interviewed. And then she's like, yeah, if you were going to work with us, you'd have to coach one of our team just so we could get a sense of how you work. And then we could bring you in over time. And I was like, yeah, sounds good. And within a week, I'm coaching a member of the team who happens to live in Dublin, which is where my son lives. So we're talking about Dublin. There's all this beautiful energy. And then they say, well, you know, in X amount of time, I can't remember what it was, three, four months time, maybe there'll be space for you to come in. I'm like, great, sweet. By Christmas, they're going, hey, do you want to do this training? Do you want to do this work? Do you want to do this? I'm like, this is beautiful. This is just emerging from the space through playing, through connecting, through having conversation, through being open, but also to saying no to things because there were things that, that came my way that I went no because my biggest <laughs> the biggest thing for me was I'm only going to do stuff that I'm going to enjoy if there's anything that comes my way that I don't think I'm going to enjoy I recognize I might need to work and that might be difficult but if I'm not going to enjoy it then I'm just not going to do it and so there were a couple of companies and individuals that we looked at doing things and having conversations well I just went let's just pause this let's just because there's something doesn't feel quite right and I think that's the other you know leaning into that sort of energy side of myself was going this doesn't feel quite right so I need to step away from it or I need to have a conversation about it and I remember I have a company that I'm doing some work with now in the process of us talking about the work, me saying, I think you're looking for somebody else. I think you're looking for something else. And I just caught myself thinking about how I could pretend to be that something else. <laughs> Good catch. And that's yeah. Not, <laughs> yeah. That's not what we want to do. And they were like, no, 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 we want you. We don't want the something else. Don't let our language shift your behavior, push back. Because what we've seen is what we want. So let's have that. Yeah. Yeah, lovely. And I mean, I can kind of feel an answer in, or feel the answer to this question I'm about to ask in everything you've just said. But mm. I'm curious, like, what the question specifically brings out for you. So there's actually one that came in from a member of the Coach's Journey community you know, who was just basically saying, who's followed your work since we last spoke, I think, and said, it's intriguing which opportunities he's taking up and how he's choosing what to get involved with since leaving Animus. And mm. uh, I've seen a couple of those ones, you you know, them come up in my whatever social media feeds. And the one that Alex pulled out was the work. I think there's a new role that you've just, you know, you just shared recently about being associate coach supervisor for coaching inside and out. And how do those like, how, so how have you decided what to take on? So, is it just so enjoyment? Is it? Yeah, go on. So the thing is, right. There's also timing. So, uh, so, um, Claire, the, uh, CEO of coaches inside and, and out Claire McGregor, I've known Claire for a long time. 
I want to say 10 years, but it may be longer than that. It may be a bit less than that. I'm not very good when it comes to stuff in the past, but I know it's been years. And I've seen her in conferences talk about her work. I've uh, I had uh, a proposal to interview her and another organization that work uh, in prisons, but that they didn't quite come off at, the, at that time. Um, when we were doing some uh, training in Manchester, we met and we went for dinner and we've had conversations for years and we haven't found that, well, how do we work together then? Because I love the work that they do. Um, and this idea of coaching can have this huge impact on people that feel like there is no options. I mean, you're in prison. There's, you have very little control over your life in that space. But to be able to work with somebody to explore, but what can I do? What is possible for me? How can I shift my thinking? How can I expand my learning so that at a point in the future I can do I just go that's amazing and and I just go also the bravery of a coach that goes into an institution like that and sits with somebody not not the sitting with somebody but the impact of going into those spaces you know I used to work in pupil referral units and I remember going into those going, okay, you get really good at ducking in these places. You get good at running in these places because stuff kicks off. And being given the opportunity to support that work, I was just like, yeah, absolutely. And it was, you know, Claire reached out saying, we're, we're, we're looking for supervisors. We're looking for some more coaches. We're going to put some out. Will you share with your network as well? And I say, yeah, sure. And then I was like, I'm also interested myself. And she was like, oh, that's good, because that's kind of what I was hoping for. And, and then we, we're having a different conversation. And then I'm going, okay, this this feels good. And then the the other supervisors that are part of the team that I'm I'm on, we've we've met and we've had conversations, and they're you know, amazing, beautiful people that are all different stages of life and business and careers. And we come together as this this unit that support people that are doing great work. And I guess why did I choose it? I chose it because working with Claire's going to be fun. I chose it because it feels like meaningful work. It feels like my work has an impact, not a direct impact, but I'm supporting people that are working at the coalface, making an impact on others. That feels meaningful to me. And that feels like that has purpose and um, something grounding about, about that. So, yeah, so, you know, but, but there's also recognition that this was 10 years in the making. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the, there's another supervision piece of work that I'm doing as well, which um, it's it just the, the person that's running it, uh, Jenny Bird, is like, I get to work with you. This is going to be great. You're somebody who I've interviewed. You're somebody whose books that I've read. You're somebody we've sat and had coffee together. And now we're going to do some work together. Yeah, let's do this. 
And I don't know where any of those pieces of work are going to go or how long they're going to last. I have no sense of that. But I have a sense of, but I'm going to enjoy them and I'm going to build upon them and I'm going to allow them to fuel where I'm going, even though I'm not 100% sure where that is and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, you sound okay. It's that really different thing between, you know, the sense of, I guess the sense of trust. It sounds like you've got that real sense of trust that that, that these decisions are right for all the right reasons. Um, yeah, and, and part of my, you know, one of the things that I did when I left uh, Animus was I got a coach. Um, I joined a mentoring, business mentoring support group. Um, I've been for one day coaching retreats. Great guy, Todd Roche, does these one day retreats in this amazing space uh, outside of London. And you just go and it's you and him for the day. You've got music, you've got art, you've got gardens, you've got sculptures, you've got materials. And it's just an an exploration of of you. I've done work with uh, Natasha Harris around you know, how do you intuitively, spiritually develop and lead yourself in your business? How do you do it from the heart as opposed to from your spreadsheet? <laughs> Recognizing you need a spreadsheet. Spreadsheets don't go, but they don't become the focus. They become the tool that get you to where you want to be as opposed to a focus or a drain. So I, I you know, I put people around me and join spaces that allow me to be comfortable to say yes and no to things uh, and to choose work that feels worthy, that feels good, that feels exciting, that feels like it's going to have an impact. Um, And trusting that that will lead to something, trusting that will create something and just trusting that. Yeah. Yeah. And before we might, move, you know, there's like so much richness in this conversation, of course. Um, one of the things you said in the last conversation was something about recognizing when it's time to move on. And there is just this, it's, it's really interesting. I just, that phrase just stood out, of course, this morning when I was listening back to that conversation. And I wonder what, what do you know about when it's time to move on now that maybe you didn't know when we last spoke? that you always know it, (laughs) you know, deep down the signs are there, but we're not necessarily paying attention to those signs Mm. that there is fear, that there is ego attached to it. There's ego of position. You know, I recognize now that part, one of my challenges was, Oh man, I'm center director of this entity and now I'm Robert, the freelance guy <laughs> and somehow placed a value label upon that, which meant that I was less until I caught myself and went, dude, what? come on. But recognizing that, you know, recognizing when you <laughs> say to people, oh yeah, I'm the center director of this company and they've heard of the company as opposed to going, I'm me. And they're going, well, who's me? You know, that, so there's ego mm. in there. So, so notice that the play of your ego 
around your decision making. Um, and also, you know, if we're lucky, if we're fortunate, if we're blessed, we do work that we love, we do work that is aligned to our values. And when that stops being the case, it's an indicator that there is a shift. And it doesn't mean that they're bad or you're bad or that anybody's wrong. It means that there is just a parting of ways. There is a shifting in the waters, the the rivers diverge, and it's now time to to cross the land and get in this stream and and go in, in a different direction that may even feel very similar because what I'm doing feels almost exactly the same as what I did, but it's different. Um Yeah, and 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 I think I was coaching somebody recently who was talking about that idea, when is it time? And and I said, How are you sleeping? And they said, Not very well. <laughs> Maybe there's an indicator. Mm. I can just feel, I'm mean, not certainly for me, I sleep pretty well at the moment. I can feel people listening to this going. Uh, you know, the li- you know, bits of life flashing before eyes. I can kind of feel yeah. my life flashing before my eyes from yeah. different periods in my life where there was some scaffolding that needed to be let go of, where there was some ways that needed to part. Um, all those kind of things. Like, yeah, great little, great compass. It feels like there's a like we've given people already in this conversation a few compasses for these periods of mm. change. You know, it's like yeah. how can you look for that scaffolding or the tokens that you don't need anymore, or you know, how are you sleeping? It's like if if yeah. you're not sleeping well, something's up. And I mean. I'm really aware, you know, that it's that doesn't make it easy to solve the the the, the situation, right? It doesn't make it easy to part the ways. Um, but I I definitely count myself in, you know, it's like a incredibly blessed that I sleep well at the moment because there've been plenty of times in my life where I haven't. Yeah, and and so, um, <laughs> I'm also I so there's lots of Claire's in my world, <laughs> so I'm also doing work with Claire Dale. I, I, there's something there for me to look at. Who are all the Claire's in my life? <laughs> um, I did some work with Claire Dale on physical intelligence. And what was beautiful about that was we met on LinkedIn. We had a chat. Claire said, I think we're going to work together at some point. I was like, cool. Let's see what happens. They were uh, evolving their program. They were looking for people to take part in the program to, to support that evolution. And so I went and I, I did their program uh, called um, Physical Intelligence. And um, it, it's fueling some of the stuff that I'm going to be doing for a talk later uh, in, in next month. And one of the things I really tuned into, which is which will also help people think about their compass, is what's happening in your body? Because our bodies are constantly sending us signals about what's happening for us and how we are and we get really good at ignoring them (laughs) we get really good at numbing them um we get really good at working through them and there is something that this this work with claire really 
that really spoke to me was, but how do we listen to them? How do we go, oh, my heart is just a bit of a, mm, it's not quite settled, or it's a flutter. You know, somebody said something to me and I said, oh, it doesn't feel good here. Well, they've said it and I'm like, oh, how do we notice that? How do we notice? Well, where, does, where is my tension? And what might that mean for me? You know, I have this really weird thing where if I'm tense and I'm not aware of it, it shows up in my right ankle. So if I notice my right ankle is hurting, I go, all right, stop. What's going on? What are you not saying? What are you not doing? Where are you compromising? Where are you worried? Where's the thinking that that the ankle is going, hey, hey, something's going on? Um, And paying attention to that and noticing the moment I get it, it starts to shift, it starts to move. So what are our bodies saying to us? And when we're in those challenging roles, how do we pay attention to that? Because often what we do is we numb, you know, we go home, we have a couple of glasses of wine and we can't feel the messages in our system. So if we're numbing, let's let's check out what might be going on there. Yeah, I, I always, you know, just made me think about it. I didn't think I said this to you last time we were on, we, we spoke. Um, I, Robert Holden introduced me to a poem by a woman called Ingrid Goff Madoff. And the poem is something like, um, God spoke to me in flowers. And I, who was waiting on words, almost missed the conversation. And I always feel like that, like, you know, when there's a part, you know, mm. it's not my right ankle, right? But whatever those similar things are, it's like in the end, life will slap you in the face and say, yeah. there's a thing going on here. And yeah. then when usually when that happens, we start to see, I start to see the 10 previous messages yeah. that, that absolutely didn't quite get through. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there's a, a lady called Ishik Tabla who talks about, she did a talk I don't know how long ago that I attended. And um, she said, we have to get quiet enough to listen. No, quiet enough to hear the whispers. And it's just stuck with me. And, I, and, and I've noticed that recently I've said it a lot. So I either need to reach out to her or there's something about that there's, that holds more meaning for me than I'm aware of. Yeah, nice. But I just love that. Yeah, so good. I've got one slightly uh, one question about animus, and then I want to ask some stuff about what else is going on for you right now. One of the things you said last time was people um, leave animus and they come back. Do you think you'll ever end up back there? No, you no. <laughs> shaking head. No, no. I don't. I, I, I. So, um, I, I think that. I, I think there's there's reasons why we come back to something. Uh, sometimes it's about security. Sometimes it's uh, a, a it feels like a safe space. Um, sometimes it feels like opportunity. I think, for me the opportunities that I have now, I wouldn't have if I went back. It would be a back. And I don't really want to give up those opportunities. I love 
the work that I that I'm doing right now, and it's like I wouldn't want to give that up. That wouldn't feel fair or right to me. I also think that um, it it would be really interesting to ask that question back back to what you know. It, I I think that. Um, And, you know, and I have to, I want people to be really aware that I freaking loved my job at Animus. I, the journey that I went on was without it, I would have gone on a different journey. Okay, I recognize that. But, you know, I had the most beautiful of journeys. You know, I, I rocked up as a young, new, young, <laughs> a new coach. Um into this space which was full of things that I had no understanding of you know the, you know the, the idea of the uh, of existentialism I was like what is this I don't I don't it just feels so far away from where I was and I went into this space and I grew and I developed and I went from this freelancer who did his speciality which was talking about how to work with young people to somebody who went to talk about how you work with groups that developed a real wealth and passion about, so what is it about groups, which is why I'm doing my group program in September, because it's like groups do something, they move us, they shift us. There is knowledge and, and wisdom in a group to really understanding what does it take to make a great coach and how do I become a part of that? How do I drive that? How do I support that? And then I had teams of people, which, you know, I absolutely adored and loved. And uh, the, the trainers that I supported and worked with, you know, there, there are friendships there that I go, you know, they there are people in that organization that I have met that will always be my friend. You know, it, it, and you can't put a price on that. Um, and it has pushed me. You know, Nick is a disruptor. He is a pusher, a challenger. He a, a provocateur, if that's the right word. Um, and through that, it you know, that pressure, the diamond of me emerged. And so I talk when I say not going back. There isn't a yeah yeah a, a negative about that. There is a recognition. If we go back to hero's journey, that was a chapter that served a point. Those were the coaches, the gurus, the mentors, the amulets at that part of the journey that has given me what I need to now experience this part of the journey. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I don't think anyone who listened to that conversation we had last year would doubt any of that thing that you anything of what you've just said about the time you had there. And I, I love that the convers our conversation this time is linking to last time and we're coming back to the start of the conversation we had about scaffolding and, and these things. I, I, you know, I love it. And one one of the things that I really felt actually, you know, I'm really grateful we had that conversation at the moment we did, because it, you know, it did feel to me like I didn't 
we didn't know each other before that conversation mm. and I didn't know exactly what the kind of feel of the conversation would be but it did feel like we you know we talked about your journey and we talked about your time as a performer and then maybe I don't know what you'd call it in the middle of that a, a trainer and then or a, a you know a leader of groups and all those things that you you did in that phase and mm. and we ended with or we that that conversation felt like it was about you as a leader of mm. an organization which is like a part a chapter of your life now which you know I don't know I, I think probably that's the that's the only organization you've been a leader in in that way is that right I'm yeah not sure. I guess yeah, there's the theater yeah. company as well so it's not it's not yeah, quite but, true but a different kind of thing a scale of it yeah. like you say one yeah. you can go into a room with certainly coaches and say this is where I work and they say I know that right so that's yeah. like all those yeah. things you talked about so of course what I'm curious about is what are you becoming now and and what are you excited about that's that's coming up so um there's a, a a lady i'm just making sure i get her surname right lander kate lander who is the ceo of ivy house and um ivy house's uh, uh dinners where all the freelancers and the uh um the employees uh we all get together um and it's lovely great dinners great conversation and twice I've sat with Kate. At the three I've been to, twice I've sat beside Kate. And um, the first time I sat beside Kate, she made me think about money in a different way. You know, she's 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 worked in uh, in banking and in in an education within the banking fields and. Uh, I'm probably getting all of this so jumbled and messed up. She's probably going, "That's not my job." But <laughs> she 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 worked within within banks and within the finance industry, and and just talked about money in a different way. That that shifted something for me about how I looked at myself and money, and made me go, um, "Okay, maybe I can earn that that money, or maybe." I can think about money differently or the, the value exchange differently. And then the last time I sat with her, um, I, we, we were talking about what I was up to and she said something about, um, well, you know, you could, you could be a freelancer or, or you, you could be a business. And I said at the time, oh, don't want to be a business owner. That, oh, I, I've seen those, that stress, that hard work. Whoa. Don't want to do that. Walked away from that conversation, and about a week later, sent her a message going, "Thank you for that nudge." Because actually, I am a business. Whatever way I look at it, I am a business, and I am a business owner, and I am a leader of myself and and those that work alongside me in this. Um, and what what I'm becoming. Is, is, I think, one, somebody who works with leaders, having been a leader, being able to go, I get it. I get it. I get what it's like when you're new into it. I get what it's like when you're middle management in there. I get what it's like when you're at the top and you're making decisions that impact hundreds of other people. I get it. I get it. I get what it's like when... Um, the the finance person is telling you about the impact of a decision or not. So I can sit with people 
in that. So I think there's this, there's something there about leadership and being a leader. But there's also this piece that's always existed for me around we're all leaders of our own system. But we don't we don't recognize it or realize that. And we think that the world happens to us. And the work that I'm doing with Ivy House, which is fueled by uh, Elka, the, the, the founder, Elka Edwards, and the book that she wrote, uh, Extraordinary Lives, Extraordinary Lives, Extraordinary, um, where it's taking things like the three principles into account and this idea of, well, what are we thinking that's creating that, that emotional, that response? And how do we get conscious of our thinking? How do we get into conscious mind? And for me, there's something about as leaders of our lives, how do we get conscious of that? And as somebody who works with, uh, you know, outside of the training stuff that I do, and I guess the corporate coaching, but even involved in that corporate coaching, how do I sit with people and go, yeah, this is tough, right? But I'm here with you and I understand it and I get it. But how do you step back up? How do you dust yourself off? How do you say no to that? And becoming the person that supports people to do that, but from a stronger position, from a lived experience, and from a desire to live my life in a way and go, that's how I'm going to live my life. So one of the things I went was, I'm going to have adventures, right? So um, me and my friend Marcus, who who uh, is a, a coach and a coach trainer and a supervisor and all those wonderful things, we both used to uh, train coaches in Berlin. Pandemic came, Berlin got closed down, well, everywhere got closed down. And we were having a conversation one day saying, we never got to say goodbye to Berlin. I went, why don't we go back? Why don't we go and spend a couple of days? And we spent three days in Berlin visiting all our old haunts, meeting with people that we'd met while we were there. And I was like, we can, we can just do this, right? We can just have adventures and do the things that we want to do. Next week, um, I'm off to West Island to do a fire walking structure course. On my podcast, I met uh, Lottie Moore. She's a fire walk instructor. We got talking about it. And I was like, I, I, want, I want some of that. Okay, how do I do that? Okay, right, I'm going to go and do it. And there's a, there's been a shift for me from, oh, that's interesting. Oh, I'm going to watch that from afar to, well, I want to play. How do I play? It's a bit like the work that Todd did, did with me where – he was running a group and I said, Todd, I know you're running this for a group. I don't want to be in a group. I want you all to myself. How do we do that? And just leading into it, you know, there's a, a friend of mine, Katya, who's moved to Mexico. And I'm like, it's on my board here, Mexico. I'm going to go to Mexico. I don't know when, I don't know what to do, but I just feel a bit of an urge to go visit. So I'm going to go at some point. There'll be, there'll it will emerge. There'll be a gap in my in my diary. Um, a project will be postponed. A space will emerge, and I'll go. Right? Are you there? And she'll go. Yes, I am. And I'll go, and we'll hang out, and we'll just experience that experience. 
I don't know if I'm answering your question. It's a, it's a great answer, Robert. And and I know you know we're, we're nearly at time for this conversation. And but what comes up as you say that is like, mm, let me see if I can get it. There's a there's like a wonderful uh, playfulness, like you said, sense of enjoyment, sense of adventure in what you're saying. And I'm getting it. I caught myself caught like limiting beliefs of mine as I was hearing it which is like yeah it's all right for Robert but I couldn't do that and I am able to catch that and and of course there are some there are some practical things that at this stage in your work like having had 10 years to get to know all the various Claire's and to have those ideas you know kind of explode <laughs> into your life that not everyone has, has had yet but that's not everything so I'm curious you know before we finish in in that kind of place that you're in now which yeah feels it feels joy-led, it feels creative, it feels adventurous. Maybe it is about leading our own systems, but is there a what's the what's the mindset shift or the insight that that has unlocked that that is actually for you or is is a part of that for you now that is actually available, could be available to anyone? So part of it, I guess, is Shit happens, but you'll be okay. Knowing you'll be okay means that you can take risks, chances, opportunities. They might work out, they might not, but you'll be okay. And that can feel very far away. I know that there will be people going, well, it's okay for you. You had some savings i don't have that but it's okay for you because x y z just take a moment to recognize that some of the things that you think i have that make it okay i don't have there are we make assumptions on people's uh support or resources and we go they have that so that's what they've got to fall back on and sometimes they don't so there's something about, you know, how do you recognize that, you know, shit will happen, but I'll, I'll get through this. Uh, something magical. I was, I was talking to uh, um, Elaine Remy yesterday, and she talked about, you know, uh, from, oh, what's her words? From loss to opportunity or lost to celebration, but this idea that something bad can happen. Oh, loss to legacy. That was it. It was the double L. Yeah. She said, you know, I had a loss, which was her mum passing. And I created a legacy, which was my her cake business. So Elaine runs a cake business that sells these Jamaican rum cakes that her mum used to make. Wow. And I think they're called Vise, and that was her mum's name. Mm. So it's like there was this loss, but I'm going to turn it into legacy. I'm going to turn it into something more. So maybe what I'm speaking to here is, uh, yeah, so as I'm talking, it's coming. What I'm speaking to here is, is that we will all have loss. Things will go wrong. How do we get back up again? Because I know 
that people would have completely justified my behavior if when I left Animus, I stayed in bed for a month. People would have justified my behavior if when I left, I effed them blinded about they don't know what they're doing, this, that, and the mm-hmm. other from an angry place. But something shifted in me in that moment that made me go, what next? How do I learn? How do I take all of my learning from that experience and apply it somewhere else? And and how do I step into my power? How do I own it for myself in, in this? So there's something about owning it. There's something about learning from it. And there's something also about we can we can leave it and 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 it's too late you know i'm i'm 53 in something like 10 days time i'm 53 and it's like i feel like i'm just beginning i feel like i just worked the shit out and i'm having a ball with my life it's amazing and wonderful i could have been 73 and got to this point so there's something about taking the opportunities, running with them, playing with them, watching them fall and break and crash and going, shit, oh, and then getting back up and doing and trying and being. And there are things that I go, oh, I don't have that societal thing in place. And, and I may get them in place or I may find a different way. And I don't know, but right now I'm going, living the joy of it. Living the joy of it, living the joy of life. Maybe that's the the thing here that it's all about. It's living the joy of life because it's freaking joyful. And we just need to shift our perspective to find that. The, the, The joy of being given opportunities, the joy of things not working, the joy of people supporting you, the joy of friends going, what do you need? You know, I remember my two best friends, Isaac and Steve, um when i said this has happened this is where i'm at they're like come over we went out we drank we chatted we laughed they held me you know and and there are lots of people that have done that i can't name check you all so if you're listening and haven't (laughs) name checked you i'm sorry there are lots of people who've who drop you that text or that phone call or invite you out um, and they're there, they're in your life. We've just got to choose to see them. We've got to choose to invite them in and choose to embrace them in a joyful way when they show up. Yeah, oh, that's so beautiful. And it's such a pleasure to be in your company. Um, I, just before we finish, like the ways that people, people I'm sure have, you know, known about your path for a long time might be listening but also people will be new to you and there are new ways for people to stay in touch with you i'm aware you mentioned really briefly a group program i think this podcast will come out like just a few days before that starts so people might be too late for that by the time they're listening but do check that out and and there's a new podcast right that i don't think existed last time we spoke but where should people robert if people are like yeah i want i want more of the new robert the robert that's (laughs) now out in the world being led by joy where do they go and what, what should they check out so, so LinkedIn has everything. LinkedIn has all the links to all the places, but the, the new podcast is uh, Fan the Flames. 
it's the name of my company now, Found the Flames Coaching. Um, that came from uh, I did uh, Andy Cahill's podcast, and after the podcast, we had a conversation, and we were just talking about my next, talking about some stuff that I'd done. And I talked about a candle that had been part of a ritual in a program that I was on and talking about how I support people. And he, and I don't know if he said it or if I said it, I don't know, but fan the flames became the thing. And I just went, oh, that's what I do. That's what I'm about. So the group coaching program is fan the flames group coaching. And it's all about supporting people that have a flame. Maybe it's just an itty diddy one. Maybe it's just a flame in their mind and going, how do we turn that into a roaring fire? What do we need to do? And I got my whole flame acronym. I was going to say, you got a strong acronym game, it. Robert. People can check out that. It's a great acronym on the, there's a little like uh, short on your LinkedIn page that just yeah. popped up yeah. into my feed about an hour before we recorded. And I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's good acronym game. And yeah, I love it. I mean, people who follow my work closely know that that, that idea of those, those sparks that need help becoming flames has been, you know, it's really important to me at the moment. So I'm really glad you're doing that work and I'm excited to see how it'll turn out. And I'm excited to just see all the, all the things that you get into over the next, over this phase and see what happens. Right. 53 life is precious and there's a mm. lot of it to go. We hope. Mm. And so exciting to see what, what will happen in the next phase for you. And thanks so much for your time again today. Oh, thank you, Robbie. It's been an absolute pleasure. everybody Robbie here again and just a couple more things before you go on to whatever else you've got going on today um, if you've enjoyed this episode you might be interested in supporting the coach's journey um, you can do that in a couple of ways you can become what we call a supporter which is where you pay a little bit of money every month um, starting from five pounds just to support the show you get a few things uh, in in exchange for that including advanced notice of guests and depending on how much you pay the chance to ask uh, questions of guests that kind of thing um, you can find out loads more about that at uh, patreon.com slash the coach's journey that helps me keep making this and, and helps it reach more people um or if you'd like to also to do all that but also become a client you might be interested in joining the coach's journey community um so that's where you become my client as part of a group it's a group coaching program with a number of group coaching calls every year and for some members some one-on-one -on -one time as well and the chance to buy more at a, at a kind of special rate um and yeah, depending on how much you pay, you come along to different numbers of calls. It's a really, it, it, I, the way I think about it is it's it's really and really the most flexible and affordable way to work with me. It's also an incredibly impactful way for coaches to to learn because when you're being coached, you're learning on so many levels, but also you're learning when you're watching other people be coached. You're learning about the challenges and opportunities other people come across and ahead of time, um, amazing way to learn. Been really powerful for me in, in my journey to learn in this kind of way. Um and it's now a good time to join because the September call, the 13th of September, um, 5 p.m. till 7 p.m., is available to all members. So you can sign up at the £10 a month level, come along to that call. There's only a couple of calls a, a year if you sign up at that level. Come along to that call. If you like it, you can stay. Sometimes people upgrade, but also you can just stay a member at £10 a month. If you don't like it, you can stop. Um, and and that's perfect. Of course, you can also join the November call at the £20 a month level. See see what that's like as well. Um, but check out thecoachesjourney.com slash community um, to find out more about that. Um, and a big thanks from me to Alex Witten, Joey Owen, Alex McIntyre, Alex Swallow, Ken and Neil McKinnon and Ruth Saville in particular for their ongoing support. Um, of course, it's also really wonderful if you can share this podcast 
rate it and all that kind of thing wherever you're listening subscribe if you want to get the updates whenever it comes out um yeah and most of all best of luck with your journey as a coach and if there's ever anything i can do to help the community is a great way to to find out about that and to get some help from me but also always love from to hear from listeners to the show have a wonderful rest of the day Thank you.